Welcome to Coaching Kids Curling, a podcast for youth curling coaches and program organizers. I'm Glenn Gabriel, a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. My mission is to give you the advice, resources, and inspiration you need to make your program better. You may not have heard of the Curling Canada Foundation, but you're probably aware of some of the programs and events they run, especially for youth curling. In this episode, I'm joined by the manager of the foundation, Brody Basnay. Brody, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Glenn. I'm really happy to be here. Now, Brody, you're the manager of the Curling Canada Foundation, and I wanted to bring you on the podcast because I just don't think people are aware of how much the foundation supports youth curling across the country. And of course, my podcast is Coaching Kids Curling. So I thought it would be an opportunity for you to talk about it. So let me start with a really basic question. What is the Curling Canada Foundation and what's its mission? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me because, you know, we are kind of one of Curling Canada's best kept little secrets. And, um, any chance that we have to sort of share this and and encourage people to learn a bit more about it and get involved is is a win for curling across the country. So, uh, uh, the Curling Canada Foundation is in fact the philanthropic program of Curling Canada. We're not a separate entity. We're simply the philanthropic program. We focus on essentially raising the funds and raising awareness, sort of required to grow our sport at the youth level. And I know you guys had Helen Radford on a while back, and she was discussing in more detail some of our youth curling programs. And essentially what the foundation sets out to do is um, engage the curling community to raise the funds uh, to support those initiatives. So let's elaborate more on the initiatives. As I said before, you have a lot of youth curling programs and initiatives that you support. Could Could you just give us a broad overview of some of them? A lot of my listeners have probably heard of them. Yeah, I imagine they have. So uh, the sort of internally at Curling Canada, the way we make the divide is um, anything from U18 included and down, uh, as in terms of going younger, is what our found is what our philanthropic program focuses on. So, um, you know, if we if we identify a programming gap, which, you know, was done over the last couple of years, and we focused on creating some new U12 programs in the last curling season, uh, it's these funds that are generously donated from, from the curling community that essentially uh, go and in, invest into creating that program, piloting it, uh, testing it, adapting it, and then rolling it out uh, through our member associations down to our clubs. So there's there's sort of a program development in terms of the gap analysis needs of youth curling, um, and then sort of our some of the more high profile, I guess, if you will, programs would be rocks and rings. So we invest heavily in the egg farmers rocks and rings program, and you know we view that as often this the uh, sort of first experience that youth across the country might have with, with even under, you know, their first chance at what curling is and as a sport. Um, We uh, invest heavily, sorry, in the U15 rock fest, which is coming up. So those new programs. Uh, And I know you guys, your listeners did get a chance to listen in on what that's going to look like next year. Again, that will be funded by, by the philanthropic program. Um, and there's going to be the piloting for the rock stars next, you know, next year, which is the sort of the new version of what a badge program would be. Uh, hit draw tap, 
uh, presented by Tim Horton. So that's another program that is run at the provincial levels and at club levels that we, you know, that we invest in and sort of market and, and promote at a national level. Um, the U18 Canadian Championship is one where we try to offset some of the travel expenses and make it more affordable for teams to come across, you know, to travel to be there. And then, and then of course, our For the Love of Curling Scholarship Program, which is the youth youth scholarship program that invests in both the sort of academic and athletic goals of some of our uh, junior curlers across the country. Yeah, I, I'd love to follow up on that program. I, of all the programs you've mentioned, it was probably For the Love of Curling was the first one that I kind of associated with the foundation. Could you just uh, elaborate a little bit more on uh, the scholarship program? And I believe the application process is starting soon. Ah, you are right. Yes. So the For the Love of Curling Scholarship Program has, uh, we're heading into our eighth year of running the program. Every year we award 10 scholarships. Uh, the current value for the last several years has been $2,500 to each uh, successful applicant. Um, and you know, it's, it's a fantastic program because I think it just sort of emulates exactly what the curl, what a curler in Canada is. It's, it's focused on volunteerism in their community that's focused on sort of leadership within within the sport, uh, you know, as well as, you know, in their schooling and everything else that, that these young leaders are becoming. And then obviously as a curling scholarship, it has, you know, a high importance on curling achievements and accomplishments. Um, and then of course, you have to be, the, the, the successful applicants, all applicants have to be enrolled in a post-secondary education program. And so, it sort of has this this trifocus, and each year the applicants are with their application are required to complete to write an essay, which typically focuses on sort of their perspective on the curling community and how it how being a member of this fantastic community has positively impacted their lives uh, both on and off the ice. Yeah, some of those stories are are featured on the website and other social media. Uh, that's one of the things I really appreciate about the scholarship program that it gives these young people from across the country a chance to to tell their story. Now, another thing I really like about the program too is, uh, if I remember correctly, they're encouraged to do a fundraiser at their home clubs. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the favorite parts of my job is actually going through the up to 70 plus applications that we get in every year. Wow. Um, just because these, these are just such exceptional young adults. And, and they're such a great reminder of when you've got sort of the time and the energy and you want to give back. And, and their, their applications are filled with just fantastic stories and examples of how they are already leaders in their community. And so, yeah, so we, you know, we sort of build in that philanthropic impact. And, you know, most of these most of these young adults are already doing it, but we, we do build in one of the requirements to be to, to run a small fundraiser in their community or, you know, at their school um, to essentially help raise the funds for next year's, like for the next rounds of scholars. Um, and I think we place way more importance on them just sort of doing it and being visible and active in the community. And I think it's a fantastic way to demonstrate to those that have supported this program, you know, in the past that, that these kids, you know, we're sort of grooming these young adults to, to turn around and, and to give back and to, to be engaged in that way. 
And I have to say, they all, you know, excel at it and they jump at the opportunity. And it's been a really successful piece of sort of a community level engagement on this national scholarship. Just off the top of your head, could you just, what were some of the examples of the fundraisers they did? Yeah. So we've had all kinds of things. Some things that as a fundraiser for 20 years, I'd never heard of. There's this whole movie at the movie theater sort of thing that happened in Newfoundland and they had tables set up and people sort of guessing and outcomes of movies and whatnot. And, um, you know, and then we've got silent auctions and uh, chase the ace. There's just some of those sort of very local level where people can get involved. We've had a couple of our scholars opt to run what we call a bucket brigade. So where we're sort of passing the bucket in the crowd. So they'll, they'll reach out you know, to an organizer of a local bonds field, or in, in one case, it was actually at the U18 in Sherwood Park that two of our Alberta scholars were, you know, offered to run it there. And so, so those are kind of the main ones. We've had uh, Learn to Curl. We had one of our, one of our scholars over the holiday season, agree, her club agreed to let her run a Learn to Curl for friends and family. They all had to wear ugly holiday sweaters. And <laughs> instead of a registration fee, she collected donations uh, for, the, for the scholarship program. Oh, that's great. For the benefit of the listeners, the application process for this year is coming up soon. Could you just if people want more information about that and the dates, could you just let people know? Yeah, absolutely. You're right. It is coming up. So uh, it feels like we just did this, but here we are. May 1st, it launches the 2021 for the Love of Curling uh, Scholarship Program. And the application period is two months. So we launch on May 1st and the deadline to submit is June 30th. Uh, all the all the appropriate documents, the FAQs and sort of the criteria will all be up on the site for May 1st. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's usually it's, it's a process that is done in a couple sittings, I would suggest uh, simply because it is a fairly thorough application it does require writing an essay and some time and thought goes into that. It is close to 30% of sort of our shortlisting and our gauging. So it's a piece that you really, as a young curler want to focus on. Uh, it also requires a couple of reference letters, which I think, Glenn, you may have said you've written for, for some of your junior curlers in the past. So there's some, some pieces that you have to put together, but it's it's not overwhelming. And, and the intention behind it, you know, being, you know, all the pieces that go into it is to really give this holistic view of the individual, not just as a curler, but, you know, as, as someone who's making an impact in the community. I'll make sure that the links to the application website, or uh, I'm sure it's some, it's on the Carolyn Canada website. I'll have that information on our show notes and our show description. So, so thanks Brody. Uh, this has been one of the more public uh, facing things that the foundation does, but uh, let me switch gears here. When did you start as the manager of the foundation? Yeah. So I'm, I'm heading into my fifth year now. So I've completed four curling seasons and, uh, you know, I, I, I've been in the fundraising industry for at the risk of aging myself close to 20 years, um, but never in sport. And when this opportunity presented itself, you know, I honestly jumped at it um, and sort of sought it out and pursued it just because I, I absolutely believe in the benefits of having youth involved in sport. And I think they extend so far beyond, you know, the pitch or the ice or the field that, uh, this was this was a natural fit, and I have you know the four the four plus years have just flown by. 
and it's been a true joy. Yeah. So. Well, I, I wanted to point out in, in a previous conversation, uh, I guess, unlike a lot of curling Canada staff or just curling staff in general, you don't have a background in curling. You, you have a fundraising background. Is that fair to say? That's extremely fair to say. <laughs> now, now I, I told you then, and I'm telling you now, I love it when people come to this sport sort of from other fields. Uh, it, it, it really shines a light and gives people a, a, an open perspective of what the sport's about. So let me ask you some questions <laughs> based on that observation. Have you curled? Mm. So I have thrown about a dozen rocks at, in one setting. As Excellent. Part of, as part of a team building Curling Canada initiative. And I'm sorry, but that, that is it. That, and I liked it. I enjoyed it. Uh, but, but I haven't sort of gone beyond that personally in curling yet. Right. Well, I'm, I'm aware. I, I believe you told me that you have some sporting background. You played other sports and you grew up playing sports. And I believe you have a brother that was in the CFL. Am I remembering that right? You are remembering correctly. Yeah. So, you know, we grew up in a, in, I grew up in a very sporting family. Um, there was not a weekend that passed that we weren't at an arena or on a baseball diamond or in a gymnasium for volleyball. So, and I think, you know, that's why a, I jumped at this position and I believe so strongly in the benefits, the sort of the extracurricular benefits of it. But, but yeah, I think it also helped me transition into raising funds and awareness and being involved in sport, even though I don't have even remotely an extensive background in curling per se, you know, you've been around, I've been around sport my whole life. Well, I guess you were pretty soon after you were hired, you were telling me that you attended your first curling event and that was uh, an unforgettable uh, event. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah. It's hard to miss now that I've been here for a while, you know, I get, I get exactly what that meant. Yeah. So I was, um, my very first curling event, I started with Curling Canada in January of 2017. And my first curling event was the 2017 Tim Hortons Briar in St. John's, Newfoundland. And, uh, you know, as I, as I said to you before, I was very relieved that some of my extended family members who are incredibly, incredible curling fans, you know, brought to my attention just how epic and exciting this was going to be. And so off I went, uh, you know, we had some fundraising initiatives that we were running there and silent auction. And of course the bucket brigade and just lots going on. Um, and I was at least because I would say sporting background, at least astutely to her, how fantastic this was, you know, anyone who's watched that Tim Hortons bear is well aware of how the stars just sort of aligned and how, uh, epic an event it, it was, but um, as I as I told you before, Glenn, I will mention I on the gold medal the night of the gold medal match, we had finally had some time to ourselves and sort of ran out in this crazy windy <laughs> St. John's night and ran across the street, grabbed a quick bite to eat, and we ran back into the side doors, which were taking us into the underbelly of the arena. And as we came through with this gust of wind, we were standing, you know, like 10 to 15 feet, if you will, behind Brad Gushu and his team, getting ready to be introduced and go out on the ice. And we all just sort of stopped dead in our tracks and, and took in this moment. And some of us may have taken the odd selfie. Uh, 
But as they announced the team, the arena absolutely erupted. Uh, the energy, like it was almost as though the the, the seats and the, and the building were shaking with the excitement and the noise. And it, it didn't matter if you were a curler or a curling fan, if, if you've in any way sort of been involved or appreciate sport and how it brings people together and how it inspires and gets people excited. Like that was one of those moments and it doesn't have to be a Canadian championship for that feeling, but just that sense of everybody's energy coming together. It was absolutely a moment I will never forget. And yes, my very first curling event. Yeah, that's a hard one to, uh, (laughs) that's a hard one to top. Uh, uh, (laughs) I've set the bar high. What can we say? (laughs) Well, no, that that's great. Uh, now, There's another aspect I wanted to ask you about when it comes to learning about the sport. I believe at least one of your children was involved in the youth curling program in Ottawa. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What was it like for them and you as a, as a curling parent? Right. So there you go. That was, that's my involvement in curling. I was the hot chocolate mom. Yay. Um, <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm literally waving. Every program needs that. Uh, so yeah, we were really fortunate Uh that the Navin Curling Club had this great youth program. And so um, my son is now 12, but when he was 10, so, you know, two seasons ago, if you will, he was really excited of where I was working, what was going. So the whole family has gotten into sort of watching these events and getting involved. And so he wanted to try it. And uh, yeah, so we did, we went out and loved it. And it's uh, a sport that, you know, he's my one season wonder but <laughs> it, it, we've tried a few things, uh, but it's the sport that he's identified that he wants to go back to uh, this coming year as we sort of re-engage into community and sport and sort of put ourselves back out there safely. Um, you know, he's kind of said curling, curling's one I'd like to go back to. And so hopefully we'll find ourselves back at Navin with me making hot chocolate and, and my kiddo out on the ice and, everyone else cheering behind the glass. And yeah, it was, you know, it was a, it was a great program and I commend the staff there because they just sort of pulled all parents in and said, here's what we're doing. Sign up for, sign up for your volunteer stuff. And, and then bonds fields and, you know, they came through. So he, he's, you know, he did the one season at 10 years old and, and he played in three bonds fields, I believe, because wow. they just, sort of, they put it out there and, um, so as I've alluded to, you know, grew up in a very sporting family and, and athletics were a big deal. And so I try to gauge my own competitiveness. <laughs> so I was like, these are, there's bonds, there's things we could do. Let's do this. Do you want to do this? <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and he jumped on board, but he jumped on board because of another family that had two boys, two brothers that were sort of in his group. And the mom came up to us and said, he, he doesn't need two or three years of experience to do this. Like, my boys have been playing for a couple of years, put them in with my boy. Like, let's go in this together. And, and they'll sort of take them under their wing and, and show them the ropes a bit. And, and it's really about fun. And so without that extended, you know, invitation, which I think is, is just so, um, so I was going to, what's the right word? It's just so it's the way the curling community is. They're just, they they're so welcoming and open. So, you know, by her reaching out and coming right up to me and saying, you know, it's going to be okay. We can put him in with my boys and stuff. My son went willingly and it was, you know, it turned out to be three great weekend experiences for him with kids that he may not otherwise have sort of even talked that much to off, off the ice. And so, Mm. 
yeah, it was great. And I'm happy. I'm really happy that he's looking forward to going back into it. Well, I, I think you touched on the answer to this next question, but maybe I just want to summarize your experience with the sport in the last four or five years. Uh, did you have an opinion about curling before you started this job? And, and now that you've been exposed to the sport for a while, what do you think about it now? Yeah, I don't know that I had an overly, uh, certainly not an overly informed opinion of this sport per se uh, prior to coming in. It was sort of this sport that I, I, I didn't know a lot about. Um, and now that I've come into it, obviously, you know, I've sort of, I've learned over the last four years, about the ins and out of the game to, to, a, at, a, at a high level, I still don't claim to be anywhere, you know, nearly that knowledgeable about the game itself. Um, but I had been told, you know, that it was, that this sport attracted just a really nice and genuine and authentic group of people. And when I first started at Curling Canada, it was one of the, it was one of the things that kept coming up when people, the first question, you know, often was, oh, do you curl? Um, and it, <laughs> Sorry, I, I just added to that stereotype. Okay, it's perfect. Uh, and I think people are just looking for a common ground, right? And so, you know, and obviously I answered honestly. And, and But it, as soon as I said that I didn't or this was all new to me, it just opened up a whole nother level and layer of, oh, well, you are going to love it. You're going to love these people. Let me connect you with so-and-so. Like it just, it, it, as opposed to like, there was never once, you know, in this time, was it like, was there any standoffish like, oh, you should curl. So exactly like you, right? We were like, I love this. This is great. Uh, that's how everyone was. And um, you know, and I had, and like I say, they had all, everyone had sort of in the sport had said to me, oh, the curling community is just some amazing people. They're so compassionate and and, and passionate about the game. You're just going to love it. Um, and I have to say, like, it, it didn't disappoint. It, it was spot on. It wasn't overselling it. Uh, the sport really is, is filled with people that care. And, and so whenever I do get a chance like this to be able to speak a bit about our philanthropic program and the fact that Curling Canada even has one and that we, you know, we want to invest in the sport and invest in youth, people just get excited. Like they want to know more. And, it, and it's, it just goes to show how invested the, the curling community is and how much they care about the sport and the future of our sport. And so, yeah, all good things. Now I'm just, I'm going to give you a chance to, to, to you know, uh, talk more about how people can donate. But the last time we spoke, you made a comment and it was very, uh, I wrote it down. It was so memorable to me. You said that sport isn't viewed as philanthropic and that that was a challenge in terms, I guess, of fundraising mm-hmm. just generally. Could, could you elaborate on that? And, and uh, yeah, what, what did you mean by that? Yeah. Thank you for bringing that one up. Cause it is, uh, it's an important piece of, of sort of our philanthropic program in the foundation. And it's one that I've worked very hard over the last four years to sort of uh, raise additional awareness. And if you will change the narrative or the perspective, Um, I think in general, um, you know, Canadians view sport as healthy and important and, uh, you know, fun and and an an extracurricular. Um, and when they think of where they want to donate their, you know, any of their hard-earned dollars, we often associate that with a cause um, that, you know, that maybe sort of has some, some deep meaning to us or it's going to be life-changing. It could be medicine or, um, you know, reducing poverty, like some of these very deep philanthropic causes. And I would never suggest 
that sport should take away any of that. Um, but I think there is a ton of room for uh, growth in terms of how people view sport. Uh, we constantly talk about the impacts both on and off the ice. It's why our scholarship program is framed the way it is. It's why we have a mentorship program built into our programming because when you are involved in sports, you're part of a community and the personal growth, um, you know, for kids that happens and the self-confidence, the mental health, those social connections, that's what curling and sport bring to someone's life. And I think if uh, those that, you know, that love the sport, when, if we can change our view of how actually incredibly impactful sport is for youth, um, then all of a sudden it curl, you know, investing in, in, in curling and in sport feels like a worthy cause. It feels like something that youth of today deserve, you know, that opportunity. And so where we're all distracted and busy and there's technology and, you know, we're all looking to simplify our lives or, you know, everything to, that we do to sort of the go, go, if you will, right. in the run of the day, um, our, today's kids deserve to sort of run in a field or slide down the ice and, and I feel like Curling Canada's philanthropic program, like that's, that's our mission. That's our job. Our job is to sort of bring back sport and create opportunities for those that love this sport to give back to it so that this sport is here for, you know, the next 10 generations, if you will. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was well said, Brody. Thank you so much. And uh, let me give you an opportunity now. If people want to learn more about the foundation, how they can donate, or even how to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Yeah, perfect. So uh, on the Curling Canada website, curling.ca, there is a you know there's a there's a donate button if you want to go directly into to make a contribution. Um, and we are, you know, as a registered Canadian Amateur Athletic Association, we do have the charitable status. You will receive a tax receipt. Uh, secondly, there is a, there's a for the love of curling sort of uh, in the navigation in the top navigation tab, and that will take you straight through to the foundation website, which is exactly where you can get all of the scholarship application details. We sort of overview our youth programs, the ones that we invest in from from you know thanks to our philanthropic program, um, and on there actually on the foundation pages of the website is is the contact us and all of my details are there but certainly anyone can email me um which is i could spell it out for you but it's brody.bazna at curling.ca and we can maybe include that in some of our links if you like yeah i'll make sure that it's in our show notes and on the show description as well so if anyone wants to uh follow up they can do that oh Brody, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I really appreciate you uh, telling, us, telling us a bit more about the foundation. Well, again, Glenn, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's anytime I get to share a bit of, you know, this little hidden gem, it's a, it's a huge, like I say, it's a win for, for not only the foundation, but for sport, for our sport as a whole. So thank you. So that was my interview with Brody. I'll have links to the Curling Canada Foundation in our show notes. Now, if you're a supporter of this podcast, I encourage you to follow our Twitter account, which is the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. One more time, the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. I'll also have the Twitter handle listed in today's show notes. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. To follow this podcast for free, visit our website, coachingkidscurling.com.
www.thinkdigitalmarketingpodcast.com. You can also find show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode and in previous episodes. The intro and outro music is Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling.